0: It's time for our children's sermon and Pastor Elsie is regularly scheduled on the fifth Sunday of every month to preach. Now you notice I just slipped that in there and none of you even batted an eye. I said Pastor Elsie. This is the very first time since her installation that she's Pastor Elsie, not just Elsie. So, and she prepared a children's sermon and we have no children. So she's still going to preach her children's sermon to her children. So there you are. We're all children of God. So, besides,
1: this is such a good one. I like it. Dude, Heidi's sitting here. Yay.
0: Thank you, Heidi. Thank you, Heidi.
1: Well, good morning. Good morning. morning. This morning we are uh, going to be. going into Matthew chapter 11. And, um, I don't know about you guys, have you been, uh have you been reading the chapters and going through the book of Matthew? I've been listening to it on, 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 on yeah, on CD in my car, and because I was, because I was preaching on this particular chapter, I've been listening to four or five chapters just over and over again in a loop. And, um, um reading it and studying it and it's really interesting because the chapters are pretty short but they, but they just, they're so rich when you just take the time to, you know, to taste them and, uh, um, and that's been pretty funny uh, but one of the things I, that I wanted to ask you kids was you know, I've been learning so much what is something that you know how to do? You see, I've got my cat in here. Is there something that someone taught you when you were a child that uh, uh, that you know how to do? Something, or that you wanted to learn? Crochet. Crochet. So I'm a great crocheter. She crochets on her arm. <laughs> she does. It, it's cool. Gardening. <laughs> hmm. Gardening. Oh yeah.
0: Oh yeah. When we were in the Philippines, uh, we were able to hire a woman to come in once a week, and she would sew clothing for us, and all she had to do was take our measurements once, so my wife, myself, and our girl, our daughter, and then we would just show her a picture in a magazine and say, I want this, and she'd tell us how many yards of material, how, many, how much thread, how many buttons, how many zippers, we would get them, The next week she would come and she'd make that that article of clothing for us, and I used to watch her. She would take old newspaper or grocery sacks, and she would look at the picture and she would cut out a pattern from just looking at the picture and then cut it out on paper and then sew it. So I already knew how to use a sewing machine, but I learned from that woman how to actually pattern just from looking at a picture and to be able to make an article of clothing. Wow, was a gift. she mom, had a gift. My mom taught me to do that too. Yes,
1: you you're know? a gifted. You're you're gifted in sewing. Me okay. neither.
0: We used to get <laughs> together and, and exchange ideas.
1: It wasn't my thing. Well, uh, many of you see me uh, with my catty shows, and uh, and I was thinking about uh, the things that we that we, we want to learn how to do, or that we know how to do. A lot of people, when they see me, Patty, um, they'll say, oh, my grandma did that, or oh, my mom did that, but I never learned. I really want to learn that. Um, and I did the same thing when I was about 18 years old, which was a while back. Uh,
0: <laughs> my very, very
1: best friend of, of over 40 years, um, her grandmother was a cat. And she had these beautiful snowflakes on her Christmas tree every year. She lived with her daughter and and um, and son-in-law and, and children, which was my friend. And every year I admired those. But she says, oh, my eyes." She was from Missouri. She says, "My eyes are not too good anymore, so I can't I can't make them anymore." And then she had cataract surgery in her eighties. And I walked into the I walked into the house. Uh, this is my second family, and I sit and. She was tapping. I said, Grandma, you're tapping. And she said, she says, yep, I can see everything. She can see colors. So anyway, I said, you have to teach me. I want to learn. I want to learn how to dad. So she said, okay, I want you to get a ball of string and a shuttle. And she showed me a shuttle. And she said, and a box of starch. <coughs> that was the hard part. 1981 <laughs> was hard to find a box of starch. So, <laughs> but uh, Anyway, so I went over to her house the next evening, with right there with my stuff, and we sat down at the table. I already knew how to knit, and I already knew how to crochet, because her daughter, Bonnie, my second mom, had taught me how to do that, but I'd never had it before. And she got me started, she showed me how to load up. and let's see, there was this one. She showed me how to load up that That caddy. Now when you look at caddy, it's a lot, it's a lot of little daisy petals. And she was, okay, I have this all set up. This is weird to do this. But, but that's okay because I'm not supposed to know what I'm doing in this, <laughs> in this <laughs> demonstration. So here I am at the table. Grandma's sitting next to me. She's got me holding this. I've got all the things I have to hold. She tells me to put the put the thread through and then drop it through and pull it tight. And when I would pull it, she said, no, no, it's gonna knot up. You gotta drop the stitch. You gotta drop the stitch. I didn't know what she was talking about. I was just looking at it, and so I tried it again. I said, okay, drop it through and I pull it, and I pull it down here. And she said, drop the stitch. You gotta drop the stitch. this is pre What the? You know? And talking about? I need my mind because this is Grandma saying right next to me. So I was getting very frustrated, and I was just like, "Oh!" And when and so I got quite a few done, and, she said, and I, I thought, oh, "Okay, now I can close the circle." I, it wouldn't close. It was just like Grandma said. It was all knotted up, and I couldn't close it. So. She had me cut the thread and start over again. And I just thought, oh, you know, it was, I was starting to feel defeated, like I wasn't going to be able to learn this. And get discouraged. And Grandma was getting discouraged too. She was a very good tatter. But she was, she, we were both getting just so frustrated. Because she was telling me what she knew, but I did not understand it. And So, I'm sitting there, and she said, she said, okay, put your string right here, open up the circle. She said, I want you to drop it through, and right when I was going to pull this thread, two hands came over my shoulders and gently moved my fingers so that when I pulled it, I saw the knot flip over onto the other thread right before my eyes. Bonnie was standing behind me. She knew how to tap. She had the knowledge to, to to show me, but she also had the wisdom to know that I needed to see it. And that words were not helping me. I needed to see it. Because she had taught me other things. She we knew each other very well. She's like this she's like a second mom to me. And so I started tatting, she reached over and moved it again, and she says, there you go, you got it. And for 40 years, I've been able to drop the stitch. And make all kinds of things. And so that's what got me started. It was just that one little help to, to show me she had she has knowledge. And what made me think about that is we as um, as, as, as you know, as as people, as as humans, as, as, we like to gather a lot of information and we have a lot of knowledge, but we don't always have wisdom. We don't always have wisdom. And wisdom is part of relationship. You know, not only do you need to know how this works. But you need to know the person that you're teaching so that you can show them. And that's what Christ does for us. And you can make little we'll things. So I've been making these during, uh, um, during sermons. <laughs> I'm always over there because the way I learn, I'm a visual learner. So it's better for me to be looking at this and listening and it helps me to remember. And so God has taught me about these things. And what I wanted to encourage everyone is to trust in the Lord. Remember Him. This is a forget me on And when you get frustrated, when you want to learn something, when you are supposed to, if you see our slide, get wisdom, Get inside. Do not forget. Do not turn away from the words of my mouth. This is Jesus telling us. If you want to get wisdom, don't forget me. I have wisdom. And I know you better than anyone else. And I can help you. So don't get frustrated. And because you sat in front. Oh time. you oh. see? So you are so awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. Praise you. So I'll go get behind the pulpit now. <laughs> and all you kids can go off to Sunday school. You know? Go turn on the light. <laughs> so what we're talking about wisdom and I was reading you know chapter 11 and what I noticed you know actually I need to do something because the Lord's been teaching me because I'm learning (laughs) this is this is a, a, a big learning curve for me um So I'd like to start out with prayer and turn this over to the Lord. Jesus, Father God, wow, wow, how much you've taught us already just in the short time that we've been here. Mm -hmm. Lord, with your presence and because you know us so well. Lord, I turn this over to you. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you. Lord, I am one of those who walked in here under a yoke of defeat. I confess it and I rebuke it. Lord, I drop that yoke of defeat. Teach me about your yoke, Lord. We love you, Jesus. One of the things that the that Jesus uh, did at the end of chapter eleven was he prayed and thanked God for the children. Mm-hmm. Heidi came forward with an eagerness to learn an eagerness to be filled up with God's word this is how the lord wants us to come to him with just that open heart and that and just ready just ready to learn and that eagerness just like a child and god jesus thanked him lord i thank you for hiding I thank you for the children and Heidi and the simple faith and trust that they have in you. Lord, I thank you for the, their desire to learn from you so that they can tell others the good news. That you came to save us from sin, that we can live with you forever. Lord, we, we praise you and, and, and thank you so much. So now, if you would open up your Bibles, if you brought them and if that's the way you learn to chapter 11, Matthew, the book of Matthew, that's the first book in the New Testament. I read this, I found that the whole thing is about teaching. And it actually in reviewing the uh, the chapters around it, Jesus had just sent off the twelve. He had given them their instructions and he had, had told them what to do and given them the authority to do so, to go out and heal the sick and raise the dead. And forgive sins, he he did in his name. And so he was equipping them and training them and teaching them and sending them out to do the work. And uh, that's what he does for us too. And he is also, even John, John the Baptist. When Jesus had finished instructing his twelve disciples, he went on from there to teach and preach in their cities. Now, he wasn't alone. He had a big crowd of followers and disciples. He sent the 12 out first. But if you look in Luke, uh, I believe it's chapter 10. He also, in the course of time, sent out 72 disciples. So as the 12 were out um, uh, doing what he called them to do, he continued to teach and move with the rest of the disciples. To, to, and it was, we don't have a number of how many people were following him at that point. Now, at this time, John was in prison. And same thing, if you read in Luke and you look at the timeline, this was when, um, um, Herod had been, had imprisoned him. And he heard about all the things that Christ was doing, about the deeds of Christ. And he sent word, by his disciples and said to Jesus, are you the one who is to come or shall we look for another? I looked at a lot of commentary and many people focused on that and said, oh, how could it be that John who saw him, who saw the, the, the father and um, um, witness the Holy Spirit and, and, and Jesus, he baptized him. How could he doubt He was doubting. But you know what? I started looking at that, and I thought, I don't think he was really doubting. He just wanted to go to the source and find out if it was true. He heard these things by other witnesses secondhand. His disciples were coming and giving him reports. And so he wanted to go to the word. Just Jesus and ask him and confirm, just like we would do or what we should do is go to his word to confirm what we are told. So um, after he asked him, Jesus answered them and he said, go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. Now, Jesus knew that John was a prophet. He knew that he had been sent there. He was Elijah. He was the personification of Elijah for that time, and if you um, look back, and it's really kind of cool because he, uh, Jesus, passed a message on to him, uh, and and encouraged him in the word that he shared with him, because he confirmed what was happening through God's word through Isaiah. If you if you look and I I read the scripture here in verse thirty five, I mean, chapter thirty five. He talked about which is which is the uh, um, one of the uh, uh, stanzas that actually talked about uh, um, talked about John and what was going to be happening. And. Um, he will come and save you, then the eyes of the blind shall be open, the ears of the deaf deaf, unstopped, and then shall the lame man leap like a deer and the tongue of the mute sing for joy. For the waters break forth in the wilderness and the streams in the desert. Burning sand shall become a pool and the thirsty ground springs of water. He was going to strengthen the weak and firm their feeble nose. He said, say to those who have an anxious heart, be strong. Fear not. Behold. Your God will come with a vengeance. He knew that John knew the word. And so as in addition to telling him what was happening and confirming the report of all the healing and all the miracles that he was doing and that he, he indeed is the Messiah... He also encouraged him to be strong and that his time was decreasing and the kingdom of heaven was at hand. John represents the last prophet of Old Testament. That is the transition time. This is when we're talking about it, when John... Questions him, it is the time when John now knows, okay, I'm gonna decrease and the Lord is going forward. So Jesus had told him, well done. You've done your job and the kingdom of heaven is here. So he wanted the people to understand as John's disciples went away. Jesus began to speak to the crowds concerning John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing? Behold, those who wear soft clothing or rich clothing are in king's houses. They're in palaces. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet, this is he of whom was written. Behold, I send my messages before your face. Who will prepare your way before you? This is from Malachi 3.1, the last prophet before the great silence of God, before the Messiah came Jesus said, truly, I say to you, among those born of women, there has arisen no greater than John the Baptist. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. He's speaking of the transition. That's always confused me. How could he be? He was great. He was he he even recognized his savior in his mother's womb. The baby, John, leapt in his mother's womb when he was in the presence of Jesus, who was in Mary's womb. But in reading some of the commentaries, reading some sermons, um, what this is, is also confirming the transition. The Old Testament to the New Testament time. Jesus was here on earth, so anyone... Who puts their faith and trust in Jesus will be greater than John. Will carry this Holy Spirit, and it's the it's the change. John was the end of the old covenant, ushering in the Messiah with the new covenant. He's teaching. He's showing them. Through his word, what is happening and all about the kingdom of heaven? Pastor Bob has talked in the past and talked throughout this series. We're on chapter 11 now about how much Matthew uses the kingdom of heaven. And and there's so many references. The kingdom of heaven is like this. The kingdom of heaven is like that. He gives us pictures which I love because I'm a visual learner. And so something that we could hang on to because it's hard to get to fit that in our tiny minds. So Jesus was always giving pictures, but the pictures and the teaching was only available to those who were willing to hear and willing to learn. He talked about for all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. And if you are willing to accept it, he is Elijah who is to come. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. You've got to accept this. This is what is happening. The Messiah is here. The new covenant has started. Life is changing. But he looks around, he sees the generation, and he said, but what shall I compare this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplace calling to their playmates. We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We sang a dirge, and you did not mourn. This is the religious establishment. The children of Israel who have their own system going up. They weren't interested in a savior. They already were building their own stairway to heaven through all of their rules and, and through their power and they weren't interested. They did not have ears to hear. And so he compared them to children who were really fussing and saying, This is my game. You're not playing the game like I want to play. I want to sing a dirge now and you have to sing with me. They were doing everything contrary to the way that God was moving. And they were unwilling to come to him in submission with an open heart like a child. Their pride got in the way. And how easy is it for us as adults to... um, To get complacent and prideful and say, well, I already know all this. I'm good. I've got my church. I do, you know, I do my devotion. I do my, I come and worship. I pay my tithe. I follow all the rules. I haven't broken any commandments. Well, maybe some, but you know, I'm good. I'm good. I don't need, I don't need somebody else. To save me. And of course we know that that is a lie from the pit of hell and the deception of the enemy. John came neither eating or drinking and they say he has a demon. The son of man came eating and drinking and they say, look at him, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet the wisdom is justified by their deeds. They had the wisdom of relationship they had the wisdom Jesus had the wisdom as well as the knowledge of God's word the Pharisees and the scribes they could know every word backwards and forwards but if they did not have God to teach them they had nothing So he we went from the, established, the religious establishment to talking about the different cities in Israel. He began to denounce the cities where most of his mighty works had been done because they did not repent. They were good. They didn't have to repent. Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if mighty works done in you had been done in Tyre or Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. He was comparing them to evil cities who were condemned in the Israelites' mind before the coming of the Messiah. But if Jesus had gone into those cities and performed the miracles that he that he performed in Bethsaida and Chorazin, they would have been flat on their faces, worshiping and repenting. And and coming in with open hearts where these guys, they had their own system and they didn't choose. They didn't choose to see and to hear what was real. He said, I tell you, it will be more bearable on the day of judgment for tyrants is on than you and you Capernaum. Will you be exalted to heaven? You will be brought down to Hades. For if the mighty works done in you had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I tell you that it will be more tolerable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom than for you. And we know the story of Sodom and Gomorrah and how they were st- they were destroyed. But God, he said, you know, you can look pretty, (laughs) you can look righteous, but if you are not clothed in my righteousness, you have nothing. You have nothing. It doesn't matter how good you look on the outside. And this is when he came and started talking about the children. See, he wanted to teach. He wanted them to have wisdom. He knew that not all of them were going to accept it. And yet he offered it. He's a gracious God. So he brags on the kids for everyone to hear. He prays out loud. He did, he could talk to the father without praying out loud. He did it for the benefit of the adults who were there. The ones who he had just given the woes <laughs> to, saying, you're in trouble. You're in a bad way. So to point out what the father wanted, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my father and no one knows the son except the father and no one knows the father except the son and anyone to whom the son chooses to reveal him. Again, ears to hear. The Lord wants us to be in relationship to him, not jump through hoops, not wear the right clothes any of the the systems that we want to set up in order to make our way to heaven that's all useless God is gracious and he will extend extend his grace to all who believe He tells us to take his yoke and this is the This is the scripture that is at the very last part of chapter 11. After all of this pointing out and teaching where they were in trouble, where they were at risk, Jesus came with an offer. Now, I have looked back and I preached on take my yoke. Um, back last summer, a year ago, and that was when the Lord really called on me, and it was about you know dropping the yoke of defeat, so that you could get under His yoke. Uh, but this time, He offered something different to me, because it was it was all about that teacher-student relationship. Another story that um, he had me re- remember um, in addition to the tatting and, and my friend's wisdom, um, Bonnie's wisdom about how I learned and what I needed was um, several years ago I had a young family member who was <laughs> being sent up to Alaska on his own who had a very troubled life And I was just a brand new Christian and I knew that I needed to be a part of it. He was going to be staying with family members on the other side of his family, and it was not a good situation from what I could see. And the Lord was was showing me, and I was just I was terrified. I did not. I said, Why can't you send his sister, Lord? I don't know how to I don't know how to take care of this boy. I don't know what to do. I I have I have no way to to take care of him. He's 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 impossible. Well the Lord told me at that time he didn't tell me to take his yoke, but the picture that I have. That's exactly what he did for me. The Lord told me. It's not your job to help him. I will do that. But you need to stay out of the way. And the best place for you. Is right next to me. You just get in right, right beside me. And then I can reach around. And I can touch him. So you focus on me. And staying as close to me as you can. And I'll do the rest. And he did. There was, it was quite a summer. And um, the Lord literally saved this boy's life. Praise God. Um, Using (laughs) one of his children, brand new, in an old body. But I was willing. I was hungry for his word. I was hungry for his guidance. I didn't realize it then, but I came to him as a child. It wasn't my doing. It was Jesus. It was the new heart that he gave me. It was the the cleansing that he, that he worked in me because, because he saved me. It was all him. It was all his grace. So get wisdom. Get understanding and don't forget his words or turn away from them. Be like a child willing to learn. Take Jesus' yoke and learn. Move in next to him as close as you can. How do you do that? Reading. This is good food. This will strengthen you. This will guide you. Read his word. Meditate. Spend time just listening for him. Take away your distractions. I'm preaching to myself right now. Take away your distractions And focus on the Lord. Pray and worship. And I'm preaching to the choir here. Come together. Come to church. And gather as a body. Be his body. Be his bride. We need each other. In Jesus, don't forget when you need, when you get to that place where defeat is weighing you down and you can't take another step. Remember Jesus. Remember that he is humble and gentle and strong. And wise. Take his yoke. Get in right next to him. And follow him. And he will, he will guide you for the rest of your life. Father, help us to never, ever forget your grace. Protect us from our own pride and self-sufficiency. Lord, give us tender and willing hearts. That we may always desire to walk with you and learn from you. Keep us anchored in your word. Lord, may we remember that if we seek you, you promise that we will find you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for loving us so well. Let us never, ever forget the love that you pour out for us. And that you poured out for us on the cross that we might live with you forever. We praise you and thank you, Lord. We'll finish with his word.
0: A reading from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 11. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. This is the word of the Lord.
1: And now comes time for we get to come to the table. The Lord himself ordained his holy sacrament. He commanded his disciples to partake of the bread and wine, emblems of his broken body, and shed blood. This is his table. The feast is for his disciples. Let let all those who have the true repentance forsaken their sins, and have believed in Christ unto salvation. Draw near and take these emblems. This bread and this juice. And by faith partake of the life of Jesus Christ. For your soul's comfort and joy, let us remember that it is the memorial of the death and passion of our Lord. And it is also a token of the coming again. Huh let us not forget that we are one at one table with the Lord. Now this all means that in the uh, in the uh, Church of the Nazarene we practice what is an open communion. So if you have professed with your mouth and believed in your heart that Jesus is Lord you are welcome at your table. If you are, if you have not, (coughs) Jesus is calling.
0: Jesus is calling. Remember.
1: Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, who of that tender mercy gave your only Son Jesus Christ to suffer death upon the cross for our redemption. Hear us, we most humbly ask you. Lord, grant that we receive these, this bread and this wine, according to the holy institution of your Son, our Savior Jesus Christ, in remembrance of his passion and death, that we may be partakers of the benefits of his atoning sacrifice. We're reminded on the same night that our Lord was betrayed. Betrayed? He took the bread. And when he had given thanks he broke it and gave it to his disciples saying this is my body given for you Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, after supper, he took the cup. The cup of the new covenant, which we celebrated even in our in our scripture today. The kingdom of God. And he gave it to the disciples, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. May we come before you, Lord, in true humility and faith as we take of this holy sacrament. Lord, we praise you. Father, search our hearts. You know us more and better than anyone else. We thank you, Jesus, that you desire us at your table. When you're ready, come
0: for this day. When I was bothered, his life was still and we should be called.
1: Be with you all. Go on your seats.